All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. I am your uh, preacher from Beecher, Marty Leeds. Welcome. Good morning from AZ, my first time here. Well, welcome, Amanda Show. We're, it's, this is going to be fun. We got Gnostic Revelation Mysteries here. We got GM Grassi here. We got Angers here. We got Small Axe, Daniel Stearns, Broken Bear. The whole uh, usual suspects are here. Thunder Chicken, XRP. Thank you all for joining me today. Uh, we're going to have a fun one today. We're going to have a fun one today. Oop, my slides are already out of order. Uh, we are going to be talking about, uh, this one's called um, Service, Sunday Service number 29. A Gnostic walks into a bar, and this one's going to be fun. Um... So we're just gonna. We're, there's a. I always say this, but there's a lot of stuff to cover today, so we're just gonna jump right into it. Okay, so um, let's do it. Let's start off with a prayer. This is actually a. It's a. It's a Lakota prayer, actually Lakota Sioux prayer. Oh, great spirit, whose voice I hear in the wind, and whose breath gives life to all the world. Hear me. I need your strength and wisdom. Let me walk in beauty, and make my eyes ever hold the red and purple sunset. Make my hands respect the things you have made and my ears sharp to hear your voice. Make me wise so that I may understand the things you have taught my people. Let me learn the lessons you have hidden in every leaf and every rock. Help me remain calm and strong in the face of all that comes towards me. Help me find compassion without empathy overwhelming me. I seek strength, but not to be greater than my brother, but to fight my greatest enemy, myself. Make me always ready to come to you with clean hands and straight eyes. So when life fades, as the fading sunset, my spirit may come to you without shame. Amen. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how the Gnostic understands that God is imbued within everything. And we're going to walk into a bar and find that. Okay? That's going to be fun. So um, I think the best way to start this baby out is to start it out with a bar joke. So <laughs> let's do that. So... Um, so a Gnostic walks into uh, a local pub and uh, he bellies up to the bar next to a rabbi, a priest and a Buddhist monk. He turns to the rabbi and he says, so rabbi, what does is, what is your religion believe? And the rabbi says, oy vey, well, we believe that we are God's chosen select, his own people, and that all other people are inferior. Interesting, the Gnostic says. He turns to the Catholic priest and he says, so, Father, what, what, what do you guys believe? What does your religion believe? And the priest says, Well, we have been reborn through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and so therefore are saved before everyone else who has not been. We are God's chosen. Wow, says, says the Gnostic. And finally he looks to the monk and he says, so, so, what does your religion believe? And the monk replies to him, he says, We believe that all life is suffering. Oh, interesting. So then the rabbi turns to the Gnostic and says, So why do you inquire, young goy? Uh, what, 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 what do you believe? What do your people believe? And the Gnostic turns to him and says, Believe? We don't believe in shit. We're Gnostics. We know. And that's what we're going to do today. We are going to learn how to know. How to see God and see him within everything. And that's exactly why I started out with that prayer, because it basically says, look, when you tune into God, you can see him in the rocks, in the leaves, in the wind, and everywhere. And we're going to walk into a bar and find him. And that's what we're going to do. So now Gnosticism is the, the path that's actually, um, it's really concretized within the canon of, and the doctrines of Christianity. 
there's some verses from John here that specifically talk about Gnosis. And I'm, I'm going to do like 10, 15 minutes of a, of a redo of, of, of sort of a review of Gnosticism, okay? And you'll see why when we get into this lecture. About 10, 15 minutes, we're going to review Gnosticism, and then we'll get in, then we'll walk into a bar. And we'll, we'll look at all the things in the bar that all scream out to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to do today. So here's some verses from John. Let's read these. And we know that the Son is God. Do we believe? No, we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. The one saith unto him, I know that the Messiah is cometh, which is called Christ. Does she believe it? Does she like think it? No, she knows it. Listen to this one. This one's tasty. This is the, this is one that you'll chew on for a while. This is John 4, 42. Listen to this. And said unto the woman, now we believe, now we believe, not because of thy saying, not because you told me. Why do we believe? Well, she goes on to say, for we have heard him ourselves. We have heard the word ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So why do we believe? As Gnostics, why do we believe? We believe because we know. That's why. And that's exactly what she's saying. Say, and said unto the woman, this is what he's saying. Now we believe. Why do you believe? Because we know. And this is life eternal, John 17, 3. And this is uh, life eternal that they may know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ. So that you can know Christ, not believe, not have some conjecture, not like, oh, I have some faith, and that will, no, no. Okay? So that's what we're going to do today. Know ye not that, that you bodies, know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Do you not know? You have to know it. You have to know it. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? We were baptized with Christ? So that's what we're going to do today. We're the whole process of of, of Gnosticism is literally a, a change of consciousness in which in which you experience the world in a new way, and you can actually see the principles of God and the essences of God manifest in everything around you. There's a science behind this, and this is what the great Kabbalists and Gnostics and Gematricians and sacred geometricians would say. Okay, the ancient mystics, the, the Masons, they would say there is a science behind that. Not just some good philosophy, not some nice ideas you plop down and scrawled into pen on a book. No, no, no. There is a science behind that. That science is gematria in, in our English language. And that's what we use today. So it's from Thomas Keating. To see everything in God and to see God in everything normally takes a lifetime of practice. That's what you seek to do. We want to see God in everything because God is imbued himself with anything, everything. This comes from the Divine Pymanders of Hermes Mercurius Trismegistus. Like I said, we're going to do a little uh, overview of Gnosticism, then we'll walk into the bar, okay? Somebody pour me a drink. For there is nothing in the world, the whole world, that is not himself, both the things that are and the things that are not. So what is God? Everything. Everything you can conceive, everything you can't conceive, and even the, the transcendence of conceiving and not conceiving, God is beyond that. God is beyond... All dualities, all, even the idea of, of a oneness, God is beyond that because there's a transcendence. There's, a, there's always this transcendence of God, which he envelops everything, is all and nothing, is everything. Everything you can possibly conceive of is God. And that's what, and, and so there's an understanding of that, but there's also a science behind it of a change of consciousness where you see that in the world, okay? 
For all things that uh, he hath made are manifest, and the things that are not he hath hidden himself. This is God that is better than any name. Once again, always the transcendent. That's what we're talking about when we talk about God. That he, uh, that is he, that is secret. This is he that is most manifest. This is he that is to be seen by the mind. This is he that is visible to the eye. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to see it through with our eye today. This is he that hath no body. And this is he that hath many bodies. See the contradictions that are happening here? Trying to transcend all contradictions, all opposites into the transcendence. Rather, there is nothing of any body which is not he. For he alone is all things. Okay? And that's what we're going to that's what we're going to understand today. We're going to walk into a bar and we're going to look at a bar stool and we're going to look at the games or we're going to look at everything around us and we're going to be like, "Oh, oh, 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 Christ, 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 Christ." We're going to read from uh, Marvin Mayer uh, a little bit of um, Gnosticism, Gnostics and the Gnostic Bible. Uh, know what is right in front of your face and what is hidden from you will be disclosed. Gospel of Thomas. So, Gnostics were religious mystics who proclaimed gnosis, knowledge as the way of salvation. To know oneself is really what it is. This is the knowledge, is to know who you are. That's what it is. It's not to be some brainiac. It's not to be like, oh, I'm the biggest, greatest scholar of all time, blah, blah, blah. Look how smart I am. No, it's to understand and know who you are. Then you'll know God because God has placed himself right in the center of you. And we're going to talk a lot today about centering and balancing. To know oneself truly allowed Gnostic men and women to know God directly without any need for the mediation of rabbis, priests, bishops, imams, or other religious figures. Amen. That's what Gnosticism, the core of Gnosticism is about, is that every man has a direct line to God. And then we have a, a lot of these organized religions and faiths that come along and say, no, you need us. You have to go through these men here and this book here and this and this and this. And the Christ is within you. Always. Religious officials who are not pleased with such freedom and independence. Oh my God. Did these Gnostics have freedom and independence when it comes to pursuing God? So they condemn them. Heresiologists, people that study heresy, in other words. Heresy hunters of a bygone age busied themselves exposing the dangerous, dangerous ideas of the Gnosticism. It happens today. Most people will completely ignore this. Do go out of their way to ignore everything I present, the books, the, the lecture, everything. They do they go out of their way to ignore it. Heresies, these uh, heresiologists are still alive and well today in the truth community too. So that's funny. Uh, we don't care. Um, what is, let's do here. We know that Gnosticism, there's nothing wrong with Gnosticism because it comes right out of the mouth of Christ. There's one of the things. Um, and he said unto you, Mark 4, 11, and he said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. It's literally given unto you to know it, not to believe in it, not to like have, you know, all of this. No, you are supposed to know it. And it said it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Okay. And so that's what we really want to do. We want to know it few bullet points of Gnosticism, and when we get towards the end of this, you'll see why I'm doing this, okay? Um, just a few bullet points. What is a Gnostic? Um, to be classified as Gnostic religions in a specific sense are those given primary a primary place to Gnosis, knowledge, unmediated mystical knowledge. In other words, unmediated means it comes straight from God. You don't go to this guy over, you don't go to Marty Leeds and be like, whoa, what does he have to say? I have to go through the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. To no, of course not. That's ridiculous. 
there's unmediated mystical knowledge and that can be that can go from god to you you're god it's a direct link and that mystical knowledge is ultimately about your way of salvation okay that's what it's all about and that's what happens when you come to know yourself. Gnostic religions typically employ wisdom traditions that are related to the Jewish family of religions, but are usually influenced by Greek thought and wisdom. Or another manifestation of the divine is often personified as a character in a cosmic drama. This is the Christ. We have this idea of the purpose, the order, the design, the wisdom, the knowledge. It's all, it's all wrapped up in the word, the light, the Christ. And we're given a cosmic drama of his story. And that's exactly what we've talked about in the last 14 chapters of Mark. We just go chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter. It's like none of this makes any sense and we until we bring the cosmos above down to here and recognize who we actually are, where we come from. Gnostic religions typically present stories and myths of creation. This I'll discuss this. Um, this is one of the things that's misconstrued. Um, Gnostic religions typically present stories and myths of creation, especially from the book of Genesis, interpreted in, in an innovative manner with the transcendent divine spirit commonly distinguished from the creator of the world, often to the point of dualism. In order to explain the origin is in order to explain, by the way, in order to explain the origin, estrangement, and ultimate salvation of what is divine in the world and humanity. And this is where people get hung up. This is it's like the Demiurge. These Gnostics, they don't believe in God the Father and the Almighty of that's tr transcendent above all things. They believe in this lesser thing and they worship him. No, we don't. There's not a single video that I've ever done. There's nothing I've written in my books, anything like that at all. We don't employ that. That idea is an esoteric idea to try to help you understand your predicament. And this is the problem. In order to even get into Gnosticism whatsoever, you have to embrace esotericism. The problem with even in the quote-unquote truther community, let alone literalist Christianity, they won't even dip their little toes into esoterica. They're, they're scared of it. They're like, ah, oh, I'll call it devil worship. And that's the problem. So then you get a, an idea that's presented like this that is an esoteric idea, not an exoteric idea, and people lose their minds. What does this mean? What, what, what are we saying here when it comes to this transcendent divine uh, this, this spirit? What, what, what we have to understand... Um, let's go here. This is something I read before. It's from Godfrey Higgins, okay? All things are derived from emanation from one principle, and this principle is God. From him, a substantiated power immediately proceeds, which is the image of God. Because everything that proceeds from God not only is imbued with God, but it is, there's always this transcendent idea that's beyond and beyond and beyond and beyond and beyond. And everything is an image of that. Bible says that. We're made in the image of God. And the source of all subsequent emanations. The second principle sends forth by energy of emanation other natures which are more or less perfect according to their different degrees of distance in the scale of emanation from the first source of existence. Matter is nothing more than the most remote effect of the emanative energy of the deity. The material world receives its form from the immediate, immediate agency of powers far beneath the first source of being. Evil therefore, is a necessary effect of the imperfection of matter. Human souls are distant emanations from deity, and after they are liberated from their material, ve material vehicles, will return through various stages of purification to the fountain 
once they first proceeded. In order to understand this esoteric notion that's in, in, um, in Gnosticism, you have to understand your cosmology and what you're doing here. So the only way that you can even understand anything in Gnosticism is to first understand teleology. What is teleology? It's why did God make this place? What is the purpose of it? So we have this constant conflict where we say, well, if God is all great and all powerful and all loving and, and made everything, well, then he created evil. So he must be evil too, right? And this is this conflict. No, you have to understand what the purpose of creation is. Otherwise, you'll never, you'll always get lost in this question. Teleology is the explanation of phenomenon in terms of the purpose they serve rather than the cause by which they arrive or the doctrine of design and purpose in the material world in a, in a theological sense. So we look at earth down here. We look at this flat plane that we're in and this dome firmament kind of thing that we're encased in as far as we understand. And we say, well, what was the purpose of earth? Why did God make earth? The purpose of earth. God, when he made this creation, he made it perfect. And in the perfection is this gradation of experience in which human beings come down here and we get the choice. There's the parameters and the, the, the potentiality of us to make our own choices and our will to either go left-hand path, the right-hand path, you want to say, good or evil. So this is the, this, God's creation was perfect when he made it because he made it with a purpose. And the purpose was this, the purpose of life in the flesh. This comes from Alvin Boyd Kuhn. The purpose of life in the flesh is to force souls who have come here from Empyrean to exert themselves against pressure, stress, and strain in order to develop their greater potential divinity. The image of Jesus the man and the theological teaching of his powers to save us intrude to break the force of knowledge that our only Savior is within. When God made the world, he needed to create a place in which there would be obstacles, in which there would be stress and strain. In other words, he needed to create a place that there would be a potentiality of evil for the very express purpose of souls coming down here to push themselves against that to go right back upstairs and reunite with God. This is the entire religious process. This is Christianity. You're down here, you're, 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 you're tested by your faith and all of this other stuff. And then God's gonna be like, what'd you do at the end? So God's creation is perfect because he created a place in which you have a potential to go way left or way right. And the whole purpose of the thing is that this is a rites of passage. And in order to under, you know, in order to climb the mountain, you're going to need some obstacles. And that's why it's perfect. Okay? So this idea of this demiurge, we don't believe in that, but you have to have an explanation of why we like fell away, that sort of thing. And the explanation is perfect when you understand that, hey man, you're here to undergo that stress and that strain. You're here to face evil and look it right in the eye and be like, what? few more things, then we'll walk into a bar. <clears throat> in their explanations and interpretations, Gnostic religions typically make use of a wide variety of religious and philosophical traditions and find truths in a diversity of sources, such as Jewish, Greek, and other sources, including Platonism. Why? Because we understand that God is imbued within all things. We understand that all the great traditions ultimately are talking about universality. You know, as we've, as we've said many times, there's only one circle. There's only one square. It's not like a, there's not like the Buddhist 
square, and then the rabbi has a square, and then the Catholic priest has a square. No, it's four 90-degree corners. There's only truth, and the truth will always supersede and transcend all of it. That's what we understand as Gnostics, and that's why we can go cross-culturally around the world and find the exact same truths. Why do you think you find the Trinity everywhere? Because it's truth. We'll find the Trinity today when we walk into a bar. So, um, the history of Gnosticism is, the historical roots of Gnostics reach back to the Greeks, the Romans, Second Temple Jews, uh, Greco-Roman, many were Christians, Manichaean, Iraq, Iran, uh, Manichaeans from Europe, Middle East, North Africa, the way to China, Islamic, why do we, Cathars in Western Europe, why? Why do we find these Gnostics everywhere? Because they understand God is everywhere. God's not located in, oh, just in the Middle East here back in the day when they made the Torah. Gnostics sought knowledge and wisdom from many different sources and they accepted insight wherever it could be found. That's exactly what I do. You know, <laughs> that's just, you know, it's learn from every man. You know, uh, chew the meat, spit out the bone. All such sacred texts disclosed truths and were to cel be celebrated from their uh, are to be celebrated for their wisdom, and that's exactly what we do as Gnostics. We Gnostics embrace all the great traditions. We recognize that God is imbued within everything, even our language, even the very words we speak, and that means that we can go everywhere, and we are in the Church of our Lord and Savior. Which means we can walk into a bar and see Him. One, one other thing, when we talk about this place in which man has come down and in this little dome here, this is where evil can exist. Out in the transcendent, there is no duality. There is no like, well, God is good. No, 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 God is, this is like, a, I think it's called an apophatic statement. It's like God is wise and God is not wise. No, 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 God is beyond the idea of being wise and not wise in general. He's beyond, 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 beyond that. So, he created this place in which souls would have to come down, be stuck in a body, and figure their way home. And that's exactly what Gnostics believe. Gnosticism is the belief that human beings contain a piece of God, because we do, the highest good or divine spark within themselves, which has fallen from the, from the immaterial world, from the heavens, into bodies of the human, into the, the, the corruptible. Right? We fell from uh, incorrupt, uh, incorruptible to the corruption, and we want to make our way back up. And all... and. Um, all of the mystic traditions, when you get to the core of them, it's the same thing. In fact, Amor, I'll, I'll mention this at the end of the uh, video again, but Amor just did this two and a half hour um, documentary where he's talking about this. And you go to Hinduism, you go to Masonry, you go all these different places. Why Three degrees. Why is it three degrees here? Why is it three degrees here? Because it's the same three degrees. Gnostics understand that. Okay? We have a goal here, and that's to get back home. That's what God made the whole thing for. So, okay, let's do this. So this started with my brother sending me a message. He sent, he sent me this TikTok thing, and this, uh, this woman was talking about a deck of cards. And, of course, you'll find lots of people playing cards at a bar. And so he said, hey, did, he's like, he sent me this TikTok, and this woman was explaining that there was a calendar encoded in a deck of cards. And he thought that was fascinating. And I said, yeah, I've been, I've been writing about this for years, bro. <laughs> Nearly every game you play at a bar has deep esoteric roots. Dice, billiards, darts, all of it. And we'll, co we'll cover it today, okay? Now, just so you guys know, I am unbelievably qualified to give this lecture because I've spent many a moon in bars, okay? I grew up in southern Wisconsin, and which is a bear, like, you know, we have more bars than churches, more guns than cows. I'm not exactly sure what the stats are. I'm just saying, 
in Wisconsin, there's a big drinking culture, very German, Swiss, that sort of thing. So I grew up in and around bars, worked in bars, all sorts of things. I uh, worked at the Estes Park Brewery, uh, doing I did the tasting bar, that sort of thing there. Worked at Bumgartner's, actually made that sign up there, a couple of those signs. Uh, worked in there, did a cheese store, worked, worked at the bar, um, actually um, trained the guy that owns the place now, which is funny. He used to work at, uh, used to work at a place called Fritz's Pub. That's not the actual sign, but they're, they're, he's uh, alcoholic. He's dead now, so we'll talk about that. But um, So, yeah, and I actually used to, um, I grew up literally two, three blocks away from the Huber Brewing Company. <laughs> so I would smell like the yeast like just every day kind of thing. So it was kind of in my blood. I uh, actually used to live. None of this impresses my wife, by the way. <laughs> I used to, especially this next one, I used to live above a bar right next to a bar called Sportsman's and we had a kegerator and we would drink Jack Daniels like freaking water, actually Jim Beam. Anyway, the point is I've had my uh, run in of being a complete drunk. I also was uh, in a band called the, literally my band was named after the brewery. Okay. Huber Music Company. Uh, we're going to play a track from my old band at the end of this. So uh, that was my old band. Uh, we literally, like I said, named our band after the brewery. The brewery even sponsored us for a while. So anyway, the point is, I'm essentially, as Andre said, I'm essentially the Friar Tuck of Gnostic Christianity. I'm essentially the, you know. So um, before we get into some of the esoterica, I will say this. You know, uh, when it comes to, like, alcohol and stuff like that, I've uh, learned over the years, especially working at a bar, that... Really, all of this stuff is moderation and balance is absolutely the key with all of this stuff. Um, um, what is this? I think this is, I forget what this is. But then I commanded mirth because a man hath no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry. For he shall abide with him the labors of his life, which God hath given under the sun. This says here, if you, the next one, it says, For also there is that neither day nor night seeth sleep with his eyes. In other words, God sees all things. It's like the all-seeing eye of God or something like that, right? The whole point is that I've, I've, I've worked in bars and I've seen people lose their shit with alcohol. And I will say this, you know, if you can handle alcohol and have a drink or two, that's fine. But I know people that if they have two drinks, they, it's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, you know, Jekyll Hyde situation. They turn to demons. Like if they have two drinks, they have to just get hammered. Next thing you know, doing shots. You know, there's some people that absolutely cannot handle alcohol at all. And I will say this, a drunk life is not a good life. Um, I've seen so many people lose their shit at those bars. So they were the regular at the bar. They came in. They got drunk all day, every day. They, that was their friends and stuff like that. There's nothing, there's nothing glorious. I'm telling you from personal experience, there's nothing glorious about that at all. Nothing. Um, uh, I, I, you know, I say this, all things in moderation. You know, let, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. You know, um, if you know a couple drinks, that's fine. But if you're if you're that kind of guy that's got the lifestyle of the bar, it's not going to end well. I can tell you like that. I can tell you that for sure. I've seen people just alcoholics just lose everything, die because of that. You know, in fact, um, anyway, I'm not going into that. A guy at the bar actually said this to me one time. He said, "Is uh, this and this guy is a Zen master, really?" He said, "Drinks are like boobs. One's not enough, and three's too many." So, you know, it's just uh, some good, you know, some good, a good adage to have a lot of proverb. Um, all things in moderation, as my friend used to say as well, though, all things in moderation and even moderation sometimes. It's, there's nothing wrong with celebrating. There's nothing, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with going out and having a few drinks. But if that controls your life, it is one of the worst things in the world. Alcohol is a, is a, is a poison. It can be extremely deadly. And if you can't handle it, you should stay the hell away from it. I'm telling you this from experience, too. Okay, so 
Now, all of that said, let's walk into the bar and let's find, the first thing we're going to do is find the Lord and Savior. And we're just going to, just like that Gnostic did to go talk to that Catholic priest and the rabbi and the Buddhist, he's going to walk up and he's going to belly up to the bar and he's going to sit at the bar stool. And what's the first thing he's going to do? He's going to find the Holy Trinity at work. Now, do you need to go, you know, this is why I laugh. This is, and I, I don't laugh out of um, arrogance or ego or anything like that. I just find it so damn silly. I find, I literally just find it laughable. Where people are like, well, I believe in the Trinity because of this thing here. I went into this book and it was the New Testament and there was the Trinity there. And that's why I believe in it. So I hold it close to my heart and stuff like this. And we as Gnostics say, if this is true, then I should be able to find whatever it says in here in this world. And I don't need this. This is already written, and I'm holding up the Holy Bible for you at home. This is already written in the world everywhere because the proof and truth of God and his design and his purpose and his order is everywhere. And this thing here is trying to get you to understand that. So the Holy Trinity, I still see today all these people, and ignoring this channel, ignoring everything I've said about it, ignoring all the, 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 the language and the math and all of this sort of stuff. Why? The Trinity can be found on a bar stool. This comes from, now I don't, once again, this is what a Gnostic does. A Gnostic gets his information wherever he needs to get it. I'm not a fan of Elizabeth Gilbert and E. Pray Love. She's this crazy, like, feminist, divorced, you know, head lefty writer that's, you know, ridiculous. But she said this really good thing in this book. So, and that's this. Amid the more esoteric circles of Eastern philosophers, the number 108, which is something I've gone into before, it's in the books, this number is held to be most auspicious, a perfect three-digit multiple of three. Its components adding up to nine, which is three threes. And three, of course, is the number representing supreme balance, as anyone who has ever studied either the Holy Trinity or a simple bar stool can plainly see. The principles of the Holy Trinity are found geometrically on the bar stool. Have you ever seen a bar stool with one single posts? Well, yeah, I have, but then what's the base of that? Well, it's either a big freaking square because it needs to have the surface area or it's a big circle. Okay. Have you ever seen a bar stool with two legs? No, nope, I've been in a lot of bars. Did I mention that? I've never seen a bar stool with two legs. <clears throat> Where? Wh how do you balance on that? You need three points. Otherwise, you don't have supreme balance, do you? So, the fundamentals of you sitting your ass on that bar stool and having that Guinness is brought to you by what? The foundational principles that are encoded within the, the Holy Trinity. Three of those legs becoming one bar stool. It's fundamental geometry in which allows you to sit your ass at a bar. Who is that brought to you by? Who is that fundamental geometry brought to you by? God Almighty. And who's it through? Christ. And what was he? Carpenter. Probably built a bar stool or two in his day, right? Kind of a joke, but you get the point. So this is the kind of stuff when I was studying mysticism and esoterica and reading, you know, masonry and, and all of that sort of stuff. This is the kind of stuff that I saw that I was like, well, why is everybody arguing about the Trinity? Why? No, foundational you know, geometry, how you sit is brought to you by God. And you're all sitting there arguing about a trinity. 
Just, just go down to the pub here and go sit your butt on that chair. And that seems laughable, but no, that's exactly how it works. So this is the one my brother mentioned. So what is the other thing that people do a lot at the bar? They play cards. Done it many a times. So the, the video that my brother sent me was like, hey, did you know, it's like this woman's like, hey, there was, there's, <laughs> there's a calendar in the deck of cards. Well, how do we unearth that calendar? Well, there's four suits. And of course we have ace, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then jack, queen, and king. Well, ace is obviously your first card. And then you have the numbers two through nine, uh, two through 10, excuse me. And then uh, jack, queen, king, just sequentially ordering them becomes 11, 12, 13. Well, the 13 triangular number or adding 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Adding all of that up equals 91. 91 with the four suits is what? 364. 91 times 4 is 364. You add the joker and you get what? 365. So that's not only like the, that's not only like the, the, the year, right? But it's also divided into a quadrant, just like northeast, west, south, or the, the four seasons, if you will, or let's just say this, like it's, you know, if you were gonna map this in, in onto a circle, what you would do is you'd put a big fat cross on that circle, a big, a big cross, a quadrant, a cross. So what does the cards represent? Well, the cyclical path of the sun, which is what? Order, design, purpose, meaning. The path and the order of the stars show God's design. And so Christ we know as the light. And what do we, as we've talked about before, what is the, what is the sun? If the sun is this living celestial object that is the reminder that the light is always here. That is in a deck of cards. Now, I can guarantee that there's loads of people that are sitting on a three-pointed stool that are like, you know, shuffling cards and stuff like that with their two hands that, that know nothing about this. People that are probably like masters at, you know, cards and things like that in Vegas that might not even know that. So, what's there? Well, the 365. Do you know what CHR in Christ is? It's 365. The whole book on, or whole chapter on, in Lord Jesus Christ about referencing him as the Son. It's exactly what's encoded in the deck of cards. So we just walked in the bar and we're like, okay, let's see. Bar stool. Oh, the Trinity. Supreme balance. The geometry of creation. Okay, cool. Okay. This is what a Gnostic sees. What a Gnostic's supposed to see. Oh, supreme balance. Okay. Deck of cards. Oh, the light of Christ right there. Interesting. Okay. This same calendar, by the way, is actually encoded in Jesus and his disciples. So that 364... He, Jesus had 12 disciples, right? 28 phalanges, but I said 13 disciples there, excuse me, incorrect, but you get it. Jesus and his disciples, 13 dudes, 20, so they have 28 phalanges on their hands. So if you're looking at the Last Supper there, they got all, you know, the hand, all the hands are like really prominently displayed, displayed. They're all like doing something very interesting, you know, and 28 phalanges of your hands, 14 on your left hand, 14 on your right times the 13 is what? It's 364. So the, in the four suits of the deck of cards, it's the exact same calendar. So when we say, oh, well, like that's, you know, that points to Christ in the deck of cards. That's not, that's not like 
mum, you know, number mumbo jumbo or something like that. No, that's just really absolutely what is 100% verifiably encoded in there. This, this I just mentioned this. This same calendar is on Chichen Itza. I don't want to. I don't want to get too much into that. But same calendar on a on a pyramid halfway across the world. So as far as I know, they didn't understand Jesus Christ as he's told in here. But they absolutely understood Jesus Christ. It's too bad more people don't understand that. Now, the guy's playing a deck of cards, and then he's got the die there. He's got a few dice, rolling the dice they're playing. You know, you ever go to a bar and they have dice all the time, right? And you roll the die and you get, you get a free drink, you get a wood chip, you know, you get a little chip and stuff like that and that sort of thing. Dice, common, you know, household game in bars everywhere. Well, the die, as we know, this is review. Some of this will be review, but unfolds into a cross. So we just went to the cards and was like, well, that's a quadrant. That's a cross. What is the cross? Well, the, boom, boom. It doesn't take two shakes. Next thing you know, you're at Christ. Now you got a, a, a cube and it unfolds in, into a cross. So when we, by the way, the geometry of the cube, of that die, um, gives you the square root of two, the square root of three. There's a whole bunch of stuff I've covered. Just a little review, like I said. Square root of two, square root of three. So the internal angle there, if you measure that, you, you know, your side be one, that'll be the square root of three proportioned out. The face will be square root of two. Those are mathematical constants used in trigonometry all the time. You combine those two, you get an approximation of pi that's 99.98% correct, 3.146. All of that, when you're doing this, Tommy, can I get another Bud Light? And boom, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, you just rolled onto that bar. Jesus, as we know, besides he died on the cross, it's a die, it's a cube. He died, died. Latin for day is die, by the way. The sun rising, it's a reminder. What are you supposed to do? die. And what happens after that? Born. Died on the cross. He died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross. And Jesus, when we multiply using English gematria, using that science of salvation, uh, 45666 multiplied across, you get 4,320. That's Jesus. 4 times 5 times 6 times 6 times 6 is 4,320. That's the geometry of two cubes. So when you're rolling that dice, it's like square root of 2, square root of 3, pi, all this other stuff. Jesus. And even the, the cube also tells you the six directions of space, up, down, left, right, forward, and reverse, and where Christ is in the center. That's what the cube is trying to tell you. This is why mysticism and Gnosticism is so absolutely, to me, was just like really mind-blowing in, in this way because it takes the, all of the mysteries of literally your experience, the cosmology, what you're doing here, the purpose, God Almighty, and is like, ooh, let me bring it down to, I got a cube here. I had a cube here. Anyway, bring it down to a little cube. It's all there. You just have to have the right mind, the right heart, the yearning to see it. Also this, once again, this is a little review. I just, since we're in the bar and we're playing dice here, this is a good thing to talk about. The, the dice in, um, it's six sides, one, two, three, four, five, six. Well, using English gematria, those six sides equal 103. 
one, two, three, four, five, six, it equals 103. So accounting for both, when you roll your bones, when you that's what they used to call rolling the bones. Dice used to be made out of bone. Roll your bones, you got 103 and 103, and that's 206. And 206 is the number of bones in the human body. You're sitting on that bar stool, that holy trinity. Supreme balance. Until you have too much to drink, of course. Um, but then you're not balanced. So then you lose your balance. And you're rolling that dice. And it's like, Jesus, the the pair of dice and the paradise of the human being and the 206 bones and the six directions of space resting in the center where Christ is and the square root of two and the square root of three and pi and all of this stuff. And all of these things are screaming out, Christ, Christ, Christ. Christ. And the modern Christian says, no, no, not going to find it there. You can go put, put some, uh, put another dime in the jukebox, baby. I love rock and roll. Go put a dime in that jukebox. And um, you guys have seen these. Well, what is the spin of the jukebox? Well, it's 33 and a third. It's the size of the records, right? RPMs, revolutions per minute, 33 and a third. Or you can get the 45s, or you get the 78s. All of those numbers have expressly to do with Christ. Let's discuss them. So 33 and a third. Well, a third is what? It's a reference to the Trinity again. You just split something into a, a, a you know, triplicity in this sense, right? What is the doctrine of Christ? It's three. The doctoral of trine, three. We all know he's the Holy Trinity. Then we say, well, how long did Jesus live? He lived to around the age of 29 and his ministry lasted three years, which means what? It means he was either 32 or 33 when he was, you know, died and was reborn. 45, what is 45? So we've got a 33 and a third, we've got a 45, we've got a 78. What is the 45? The 45 is, it's the base 10 system. It's 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. You add those together, 0 through 9, add it together. 0 through 9 is 45. That's found in Jesus' name, that entire thing. 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I've covered this many times, like I said, as a review. Therefore, both, uh, and we did this on the syllabus of Jesus, if you want to see a, a, an extended lecture on this. Therefore, both the number 45 and 666 can be directly extracted from a Trinitarian breakdown of the numbers of 1 through 9. So you literally have 1, 2, 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 adds to 45. It's your base 10 system. That's found in G, 4, 5. And SUS is 666, and that's found by just going 1, 2, 3, 6, 4, 5, 6, 15, and 1 plus 5 equals 6, and 7 plus 8 plus 9 equals 2 plus 4, and that's 6. So 45, not only is, did we roll that dice and we found, hey, that's the geometry of, that's, Christ is encoding the geometry of the paradise. Not only that, we were listening to the 45 on the jukebox, and my Lord, yeah, it's Christ again. There he is. Of course, you have a 33 and a third, and then you have a 45, and then you have a 78. Is this playing with numbers? Did, did I get to choose, and does anybody get to um, pervert or distort the fact that the, set, the 12th triangular number is 78? Is that my opinion? No. No, it's just an absolute fact. It's a fact across the world. No one can deny it. How many disciples did Christ have? 12. 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. As my dog's hacking up there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. If you add that up, it's seventy-eight. Whatever tune you want to put on, that's fine with me. You know what? Because I'm here in Christ all day. It's cool. Play what you can even play that new Lady Gaga shit song. It's totally fine. You know what I'm gonna hear? The word. You know what I'm gonna see? The word. You guys want to play some darts? You guys know darts, right? How many times have you gone to a bar, <clears throat> had one too many, maybe maybe not a lot of you, I have, and played darts. Terrible at darts, by the way. Awful. I'm terrible at billiards, too. Oh, my God. My dad kicks my ass every time I play. So what what is the goal? Let's Before we do any math here, before we do any like geometric symbolism and all this other stuff, what is the goal of darts? Well, you want to hit the bullseye, right? I mean, there's lots of games you can play and stuff like that. I understand that, right? But in general, whatever game you're playing, it's like, well, hitting the bullseye, getting into the center is a pretty big deal, right? I mean, it's always been for me, especially if you can hit like another dart within the dart, that kind of shit. That's amazing. So wh what is the correlate to your spiritual life? What are you here to do? I want to find that center. I, it's, it's literally the exact same thing that the die is telling you to do. Wait, you're trying to find Christ in the center there. You always want to get to that center and that balancing point. Just like the stool is telling you to do. Balance. Stay balanced. How are you going to do that? You're going to need the Trinity. Where is that? <clears throat> Everywhere. Center, 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 center. That, by the way, that, let's get into some of the geometry now, is the monad. That's what it is. That's an express. It's a you know, it's got different colors and stuff like that. But when you break it down to its base geometry, what do you have? You have a circle and you have a center. You have the bullseye in the center. So the monad is a symbol of totality. What is what is God Almighty? Everything. Universality. What is God Almighty? Everything. It's also a symbol of divinity. What is God? Divine. So here we have just the active, going to the center, going to the center. You're literally trying to get into the monad, the very center of the thing. Okay? Darts are played, one of the games that you'll see, and you'll even see this on most dartboards, they'll have like, it even says here, this is your classic sort of cricketeer, I think it's called. And you have this, you have the, um, the scoring of this game, right? And you can see it goes 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. And you get the bullseye below there, right? Anybody see that? Okay, well, what does that leave? It leaves um, one through 14 before. And then it goes 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Okay, well, what's one through 14? Well, that's the phalanges of your hands. So it skips the numbers one through 14, and that's right here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, and 13, and 14. And that adds to the 14 triangular number is 105. Okay, well, what do you play darts with? Your hand? Where's the kingdom of heaven? You guys are paying attention. I know you are. So 1 through 14, that's on your hand. What's the next digits? 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. Do you know what that adds to? Add it up for me. This will be homework. Live homework. What does that add up to? Okay. 
I'll let you guys decide. I'll let you guys answer that. Now it scores to 20. Do you know what adding one through 20 is? So as you see on the bottom there, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Cricketeer scores through 20. What's the 20th triangular number? It's 210, which is what? Adding 1 through 14 of your left hand, 105, and adding 1 through 14 on your right hand, which is 105, which means the entire scoring of cricket, Bombaclat Gattofish says 105. That's correct. So... What did we just, he just added 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20 equals 105. So 1 through 14, 105. 15 through 20, 105. 105, 120, that's 210. Adding, scoring through all of this, every bit of the mathematics of the dartboard references your hands. And once again, what do you play darts with? Your hands. And how many things have we discovered on our hands. We're going to cover the number seven here. We know pi, S-E-V-E-N is six, five. I've got this here. I'll show you. Six, five, 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 one equals 22. And 22 divided by seven is 3.142. Widely used abbreviation of pi. Okay. Well, the phalanges of your hands, which is exactly what you're doing to throw... 14 here, and 14 here, and that's 28. And 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus 5 plus 6 plus 7 is 28. So it's all talking about your hands, and then what's on your hands? 7. The triangulation of the number 7. And we know the power of that, right? Whole universe, world, creation was created in six days resting on 7. We know the power of 7. Um... So that's Cricketeer for you. That's all of that deeply esoteric, literally trying to get you to understand the mathematics of your hands. Put right in front of you. All highly, highly mystic. Who knows? Who's going into the bar and being like, by the way, who's going into a bar and saying this stuff and watching anybody give a shit either way? Because I've done this. Like, hey, guys, did you know that the billiards table encodes all this stuff? And he's like, ah, yeah, can I get another Miller Lite? You know, that's usually what it is. So, um, <laughs> The monad, though, that the dartboard is based on is, is a reference to God's ultimate design. The circle is, as we know, references Christ. Okay, I mean, it's the beginning and the end, the, the first and the, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega, the circle is the exact, that point, the same. They're one and the same. And that's what Christ is, the all or the entirety of. Yeah, Americans in a light beer. Tell me about it, Jembu the Pious. <laughs> so, um, that monad is a reference to there's a great designer here. Okay, it's also saying, hey, God is a circle whose center is everywhere and circumference nowhere. It's pointing to that center to say God is with God is everywhere. His center is everywhere. And when you when you when you're a mystic and you're you know once again and you embrace these sorts of things, I'm telling you, I can't go into I can't go into a bar anymore without this stuff coming up. Amor and I were just having a conversation apropos of none of this. And he was just like, yeah, the, the bar stool. <laughs> he literally said it to me. It was just like, yeah, it's the three, you know, it's like the fundamental geometry. We find it in time. We find it all over. 
And we have Christians that are picking up books like this, the Holy Bible, and they're like, and they're like, I, I don't understand the Trinity. Is it like, so, like spirit and body, and it, they're just lost. Well, you might have to get your head out of this for once. <laughs> Realize that this is supposed to tell you about everything around you. And if it doesn't, what good is this? It's not. Luckily, it is good, though. That's why we teach it. Okay. So, um, one other thing. Cricketeer will help you slay your dragon. Okay? And that's what we need to do. We need to get right into the center. Speaking of the monad, speaking of that dartboard in the center, when we take this up to the heavens above, we say, hey, this, this me, try and find that center. Center of me. Set Christ within. Gift to the Gentiles. I'm just seeking it in this life. Constantly taking my arrow and trying to find that center. When we take this to the canopy of the stars above, and that center right there is the North Star. The, the, what's, what's wrapping around that North Star? It's a big dragon. It's a big dragon. So I think they were spot on when they were doing this ad campaign. Cricketeer, help you slay your dragon. Okay, so since we're talking about the monad... Let me just say hi to you guys quick. Uh, that's true, Broken Bear. Yeah. But they ain't talking to me. They're not even acknowledging anything I've said for 10 years. <laughs> Which is fine. Whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, it's sad. So, okay. Let's, um, all right. Let's move on to the billiards table. Um, now, this is one I didn't know until I actually started editing the... I mean, I, I knew part of it, but I, there's a bunch of this that I didn't know until I started re-editing the book and things. So, anyway, we, you sit down. What's What will you always find pretty much at any bar, right? A billiards table, a pool table, right? Okay, well, what's the first thing that you see on a pool table? Well, you see that white ball, and it's got a red dot in the center. doesn't mean anything to anybody, right? Most people that go to a bar and they're like, they're really even good at pool, have not once thought about when you're taking that stick, which by the way, whenever you have a shaft, a rod, a, a staff, anything like that, mystically, that's always understood as your spinal column, just so you guys know. So whenever you see that staff of Asclepius, a rod of Asclepius, staff of Hermes, whatever it is, a wand, uh, you know, your wizard's cane, that sort of stuff, all of that, when you go into mysticism, you actually read um, Encyclopedia of Freemasonry, they'll say the same thing. That is a representation of your spinal column, a representation of your uprightness. Okay? So, you're taking the stick and you're, you're literally hitting a monad, a three-dimensional representation of, a, of a, a white light of purity. Okay, what are you hitting? Well, you're hitting... A bunch of balls put into a triangle. <laughs> how many how many balls are there? There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. There's 15 balls. Do you know the arc of the sun? Every hour it takes a 15 degree arc. 15, 15, 15, 15. You put your hand out in the horizon, by the way, and this is a 15 degree mark on the horizon. <sighs> so... 
you have this monad that's called a cue ball and you're taking your wand, your staff, which is your spinal column, and you're taking that light and you're going boom into the trinity, right? The triangle. Okay, all geometry. What is the cue ball? We're going to use English gematria here. So Q is C-U-E, and that's 365. Wait a second. Didn't we just find that number in the deck of cards? Didn't we just find a cross and the number 365 in the deck of cards? I believe we did. What does the cross represent? Christ in the Word. What is that? The Trinity. Wait a second. I'm starting to see some commonalities here. I'm seeing a theme arising, <laughs> right? Lights there. God, Christ, embedded on a billiards table. The cue ball is C-U-E is three, six, five. Now, add all of those balls on the table. So now we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and what? Cue ball. Do you know what all of that adds to? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 is 344. And then we add that 21 of cue ball, and what do you get? 365. 100% verifiable. Anybody can do the math themselves. You can double check it. Did you know that not only the cue ball is trying to tell you about the light of Christ, but the entire game is trying to tell you about the light of Christ? The whole purpose of any true religion is to change your consciousness and elevate your consciousness, get you to understand the very thing that we're talking about here, that God has imbued himself within everything. That there is, in this crazy way, that's, I don't even know if we'll ever understand it, but there is the imprint of God in everything, okay? Now, what the Gnostic understands, and this is why I'll, I get, you know, after years of doing this, it actually is a little bit frustrating. Because what we're saying is that, look, that, everything that we're looking at here, is in our language, guys. So if we say that God is in everything, God is everything, well then... <clears throat> He should be in our language too, right? Rack them up, guys. Okay? So, now, what's the game you play? So, everybody get that. The cue ball. C-U-E, 365. The entire game. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. And cue ball. All the balls on that table. Sum to 365. <clears throat> Which is the light. The sun. That's what it's representative of. Okay. Now, what is the game? Now, think about this. So... You, the balls are separated in, in a normal game like you play. The most popular game, I should say, is eight ball, right? And that's where you put these 15 balls in a rack. And then the idea is that this person gets the stripes. And then the other person gets solids. And then at the end, the person has to get that middle ball, the eight ball, in the pocket. And then they win. Correct? Everybody knows how to play. So this leaves the... The stripes to be seven balls, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. So there's seven balls there. So one guy gets seven balls, and then the other guy gets seven balls. Okay? And then we have that eight ball in the center. So you get stripes, and you get solids. And you get seven, and you get seven. Well, okay, so we'll, let's, let's stop here. We all know. So in other words, you get seven, which means you get six, five, 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 one equals 22, and 22 divided by seven is pi. So you get pi. 
and then you get seven as well, which means you get six, five, 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 one, and that equals 22 and 22 divided by seven is 3.142. You get that as well. So you get pi and you get pi. And then what is the ball that's in the center? It's the eight ball. What's pi in our cipher, guys? What's pi in our cipher? pi is three, five, and it's eight. So in other words, so you're gonna get pi, and then you're gonna get pi. And then at the end, what we're gonna try to do is whoever puts that eight ball in there is pi as well. Now, think about this. That's stripes and solids. So in other words, one person gets stripes, gets the line, and the other person gets the solids, which is the circle. Wait a second, wait a second. Wait. So one person gets the stripes, which is a line or a diameter, and the other person gets the circle or the circumference. Wait a second. So you get pi and you get pi, and then the ball in the eight is, is pi, and that's eight, and that's pi. So you get pi and you get pi, and then the center is pi, and then the actual language, like stripes, is that is a geometric reference to the, ge the actual geometry of pi? Is that what's going on here? Stripes and solids? What the mind blown? Not wait. The next frame will totally blow your mind. <clears throat> so now, so you get one through seven and you get one through seven. So you get solids and you get stripes. Okay, so in gematria, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That equals 125. And then the stripes is nine, eight, uh, uh, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. And that's seven. And so, and that equals 189 in English gematria. So the solids equal 125, and the stripes equal 189. And then when you add those together, taking out the eight ball, which is pi, you get uh, 125 plus 189 is three, one, four. <laughs> so let's, let's just go over this one more time. Does everybody get that? Hold on. See that? You get the stripes, you get pi, and then you get the solids, you get pi, and then the middle ball is going to represent pi. And then when we add up the gematria values of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, do you know what we get? 314. No way pool is pi, yeah. Yeah. And how did you get that? You literally had to take out the ball, which represents pi. Let's go over this one more time. Billiards. It's a triangle. It's the monad. Q is 365. You add them all up, it's 365. You get your stripes, your diameter, and you get your solids, your circumference. And that's seven, and that's seven, and that's pi. And then we add up those solids, and we add up those stripes, and you get 125 plus 189. And that's 314. The word. So this is what, you know, um, I noticed a small accent here. I hear you, not as deep scripturally today, but still fun. As the world implodes, may our hearts explode. That's great. Fun analysis. God is everywhere, even in bar games. Yeah, I like. Uh, I will say, I don't want to spend all the time in here, you know? 
It's like we do enough of that. It's like I need to step out of that. One of the things I want to do is um, Buddhist monks, actually. I just found out Buddhist monks have, what is it? They have like virtues, right? They have virtues. And there's 227 virtues that they have. What's 22 by 7? Wait, that's pi. What is the number 227? It's the 49th prime. 49 is 7 squared. The Buddhists knew. So, sometimes you'll see, so everybody get that? So next time you sit down at a billiards table and you suck as bad as I do, just know that God's with you. <laughs> and even if you lose, you're still a winner. All right. God is everywhere, yes. Occasionally you'll see people playing chess. That used to happen, actually. I actually used to go to a bar and there would always be these this these couple guys, not always, but there'd be guys and they would always play chess. I always thought that was awesome. Hardly anybody plays chess anymore. But um, I am going to do, speaking of, I'm going to do a whole uh, live stream again on all of the stuff within chess because and that might be a little bit boring for some people. But um, anyway, so pawn is uh, 3141. So pawn in the game of chess, that's just one of them. That's just one of the things. So pawn. Yeah, Antoine Dufour. Yeah, that's good. The table is the earth plane. Q is also male principle. Six pockets are received. Six, yeah, I mean, there's six pockets, right? Yeah, okay. Anyway, so there's that. Lots of, there's actually other ways you can find, or at least one other way you can find uh, pi uh, in, in chess as well. But I'll, I'll do a whole video on that. And that is in the new book, by the way. A much the the best, probably I would say the best chapter in that book. So, okay, so all right, everybody get that. We want we walked up, we went and put some uh, you know money in the jukebox and was like, oh, this was fine. Christ all day, thirty three and a third, forty five, seventy eight. And we sat at the bar stool. It was like, oh, the Holy Trinity is putting me. The Holy Trinity is the one that's balancing me right now. And you go and roll some dice. It's like, oh, it's Christ all day long. We shuffle some cards. Oh, we got Christ all day long. We go in the billiards table. Yeah, Christ all day long. Oh, we're throwing darts. We're finding the center. We're finding Christ all day long. Right? Go play a game of chess. Ah, oh, we got Christ there. So, what's the other one? I don't know if this happens so much. I know probably in Canada and Midwest here, but um, you ever guys play that game of bubble hockey? You guys remember that? I used to play all the time. Right? In fact, there used to be this. Uh, bo- yeah, never mind. I don't want to tell that story. I'm not going to impress my wife, that's for sure, with that story. So, anyway, you guys remember bubble, <laughs> bubble hockey? Yeah, it's just a game. It's just a you know, it's just you pulling these things there, and you 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 just get having a few you know genuine drafts or whatever. Don't drink that shit; it's awful. But having a few beers like that, and you're playing the game, and that's it. It's just you know, there's just one hockey team versus the other, and there's like a bubble. No, no, that's an expression of the entire universe. That's what that is. So wait, what you mean to tell me? So there's a big dome. Okay, so there's like this flat. Let's get this right. So there's a flat plane, right? And that's where all these beings are shuffling around on and they're trying to figure out, uh, you know, what, what's happening. And it's an eternal battle between good and evil. And apparently it's in a, a battle between communism, which is fairly accurate. Um, it's this battle, all it, eternal battle between good and evil and all of the people that are in this little container is they're domed. <laughs> so there's this place where you can go and it's called the earth plane that's encapsulated by this firmament and in that earth plane that's where 
good and evil are allowed to exist simultaneously and duke it out eternally to get home. And so... <laughs> yes, the Reds, USSR. Isn't that amazing? It's in communism, isn't it, right? Anyway, so, you know, some people would think, well, that's ridiculous. Ah, ha, ha. No, it's not. No, it's not. That right there, to the eye of the mystic and the Gnostic, that's an expression of the entire thing. That's how it works. That's how it works. Pick up a, a die. Oh, look at this. Well, look at that. That is six around one. That's, it's almost like that's an expression of the entire cosmology. It is. And, you know, um, so I used to work at, pardon my language, I have to say this because it's, it's funny, but I used to work, um, when, I, when, I, when I lived with my drunk friend, we were both drunk at the time, but he was a drummer, a band I was in, stuff like that, and we lived above this bar, right next to this bar, and he worked at the bar, and so we'd spend a lot of time at that bar, a lot of time drunk and that sort of thing. And there was this guy, he's actually an author, I think he writes... Um, fantasy fiction stuff like that. His name is Jason, uh, what's his last name? I forget his last name. Jason Jones is his last name, Jason Jones. He used to work at the bar. And um, at, at two o'clock or 2.30, whatever it was when it was closing time, he would, he would literally get up on the bar and say, all right, everybody get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Every time it closed, it was just one of the most hilarious things in the world because it wasn't like, all right, everybody, it's time to leave, finish up, last call. No, no, not this guy. He literally got up and was like, everybody get the F out. So funny. Anyway, so what's the last thing? And we covered this. We covered this uh, last live stream, last sermon. What's, a, what's the last thing you do when you, when you close that bar? Yeah, turn out the lights. Yeah, flip that light switch off. Bar's closed, everybody. Shut the door, lock that door. Getting drunk so unappealing these days. Well, it hurts. It's, you, you get older, you just can't even handle it, you know? So, you don't have to go home, but you can stay here. That's another great one. So, anyway, so yeah, boom. So, we're going to flip the... <clears throat> bars closed, everybody. Time to shut the lights off. We're going to go three. We're going to go 14. And then we we come back in and turn the establishment back on. We're going to go 14, three. <laughs> So, okay. So those are just um, some of the some of the things I wanted to mention today. Okay, the the point is this: is that this is the this is the mindset you want to get in. This is the mindset where you um, change. And I'll do this too. Um, this is the point where you want to get to, and you and you want to see something, you know, like a little acorn shell here, you know. And you see this and you'd be like, most people just do acorn shell, just seed, whatever. No, no. This is symbolic representation of the entire universe. I did a video called, I'll do it, I'll do it again actually, I think, because it's, it's been a long, long time. But the universe in a nutshell. And that's the point. It's like, no, this is an expression of the entire thing. And the whole point is for you to um, get to that state and see it. Okay. Um, Manly Palmer Hall said this. A philosopher might declare that a universe could be made out of a man, but the foolish 
would regard this as an impossibility, not realizing that a man is a seed from which a universe may be brought forth. God is the within and the without of all things. God in everything. He is the one universal spirit manifesting through an infinity of forms. God, therefore, is the spiritual seed planted in the dark earth, the material universe. One of the great axioms is within everything is the seed of everything. And that's the point. Within everything is the seed of that truth. The seed, the word. Okay. Um, Amor just shared this in his um, his documentary. And I thought this is very good. This comes from the Hermetica. Uh, it says, it's a Neoplatonic idea. They always put these terms on it. You know what I mean? It's like, well, that's a Platonic. That's a Gnostic, a Platonic, you know, blah, 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 blah. Strip those away. Strip those away. This is what I keep saying. Strip all of that away and see the thing for the genuine article. Don't be like, are you a monist? Are you one of those theosophists or a Gnostic or do you Mason or Neoplatonic? Stop. Stop. Okay. This is what he says. Uh, Hermetica. Great. For God contains all things and there is nothing that is not in God and there is nothing which God is not. Nay, though, I would rather say not that God contains all things but that to speak the full truth that God is all things. There is an inmost center in us all where truth abides in fullness and around. Wall upon wall the gross flesh hems it in. This perfect, clear perception, which is truth, a baffling and perverting carnal mess, binds it and makes all error. And to know rather consists in opening out a way whence the imprisoned splendor may escape than in effecting entry for a light supposed to be without. Hermes also said this. <clears throat> In heaven am I, in earth, air, I am in animals, in plants, I am in the womb, before the womb, after the womb, I'm everywhere. Okay? So, hopefully, uh, that was good. Did I miss any, uh, like, super chats or anything? Let me make sure. Thank you all for joining me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, half the earth is in darkness, so it does look like a dome or a firmament, but what else do we call a dome? Your head. That's right. Your dome. <sighs> Catching from the beginning, solid congregation here. Oh, it's a great group of people. I mean, the leader's a little questionable at times, but you know, you do what you can. Okay, closing time. Thank you, fun preach today. My, I love you all. Thank you, Small Axe. Okay, thank you so much. Um... All right, Amor has a new movie, and we've watched, uh, I already watched an hour of it, but Jen, Jennifer hadn't seen it, so we watched another, uh, the first hour again last night, it's, it's great. He, he did a really good job of this, so if you get a chance, stop on over to Gnostic Revelation Mysteries, Know Thyself, The Gnostic Path of Perennial Wisdom, okay, um, great stuff, thank you, Antoine, boom, thank you, okay. All right. I would like to place an order of Mick Wow. You want that you want that uh double sized? <laughs> I love the message. Thank you, Virginia Dare. Thank you. You want that supersized? 
Do you want the, or do you want, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, um, where am I? I'm already losing my way. Okay, cool. So yeah, if you get a chance, stop and over. Uh, Gnostic Revelation Mysteries is really great. We'll watch the rest of it this uh, tonight, so... Okay. Also, if you want to uh, support the work, we do have tithing. We just do. We don't do the monthly tithing anymore. It's just ended up becoming a little bit too much, honestly, um, for how much it was and everything. So, we just do a three month tithing, quarterly tithing, one year. You can sign up as a member. You can just do the one time, whatever you want to do. We try to make it as easy as possible for you. Um, and so, uh, yeah, there's that. So, thanks for putting these together, Marty. Thank you, Family Fungi. Uh, all right, we'll add the moderator. Thank you. Ooh, this guy's got to get a mod. We got to moderate these people. Okay, cool. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Um, we're going to listen to, as I said, I used to be in this band called the Huber Music Company, which was named after a bar. And uh, we're going to listen to a track from our old record, which is uh, was pretty poorly produced and recorded and stuff like that. But it's a pretty good song anyway. So I'm going to play that. So uh, next week... Um, not sure what we'll do. Maybe we'll get back into Mark. I said we were going to do astrology. I was going to do, this week, I was going to do Symbolism 101. I was getting that together. And then something sort of pulled me in this direction, so I went this way. So I want to do Symbolism 101. I want to talk to, uh, discuss the ways in which all the methodologies that you really need to employ when you go to try to understand symbolism, okay? the One of the biggest problems is... Um, is the induction and deduction, maybe, I guess I could say it like that way, but too many people, when they go to a symbol, they take what they think they know of it or what they've been told and that sort of thing, and they take all that information, and then they go, and they plop it onto the symbol, or they graft it onto it, and they say, this is what this means. And this is one of the biggest problems across the board in the, 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 the what do we call it, the truth community or whatever you want to say, is that this happens all the time. It's some of the, some of the really the, the foundational bad thinking is this idea is like, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what this means. No, that's not what symbolism is all about. The symbol is there to teach you and direct you and tell you what it means. Okay. And this is the idea. You go in and see the thing for the genuine article for itself and extract the information from it. We, it's the same problem with numbers. People do it with numbers. 666, that's an evil number. Well, wait, what does it mean though? Before you tell me that, because you read it incorrectly in this, by the way, you read it incorrectly in this, by the way, let me say that again. You misread what 666 means incorrectly in this thing, by the way. And so you took it and you said, this is what it means. Placing it all on, do not do that. It's a teacher. It'll teach you, okay? And so that's what that's what we're going to learn, okay? What kind of Bible is that? It is an authorized King James Version, and we have our own Bibles, which, by the way, I do sell rosary Bible packages. We do sell them, but if um, I'm not into, like, selling Bibles and stuff like that, okay? That's not what we're doing that for. So we do have a link on there that you can go right to the source that we buy the Bibles from, and you can get this yourself, and you don't have to pay me any money. You can get it with the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. You can order it. Don't I don't care. I would just rather you have a Bible, okay? So, um, so yeah. By the way, is a fun little nod to Jesus, by the way. Yes, it is. So, okay, that's going to do it for me. Guys, may you always keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. May his grace be with you all. Amen. Like I said, next week, we'll, I'm not sure exactly what we'll do. We've got to get back into Mark, finish Mark up. We're going to do Symbolism 101. Like I said, I want to do Astrology. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> that's why nobody pays for this podcast because you get that sort of thing. All right, that's going to do it for me, guys. Thank you all so much. I love you all. We'll see you next um, Sunday. And this is a track from the Huber Music Company, and it's called Without Soul. All right. I love you guys so much. As always, many blessings and much love to all.